January 22nd. Our reading today in the New Testament will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through 36. There are some principles here in this passage of Scripture that I don't want you to miss. First principle is this, tell it to Jesus. The disciples of John the Baptist were stunned, so they shared their grief with Jesus. Life will bring its disappointments, no doubt, and you got to learn how to handle them. Jesus will help you. Another principle, not only tell it to Jesus, but bring it to Jesus. The twelve said, send them away, but Jesus said, bring what you have to me. Give him your all, and he'll use it to meet the need. He can do the impossible with whatever is wholly given to him. So give it all to him, withholding nothing. You can even bring to him people who need his touch. Another principle we'll read about here in Matthew 14 is look to Jesus. Some storms come because of our disobedience. But this one came because they obeyed Jesus. Peter did walk on the water. But when distracted by dangers around him, he took his eyes off Jesus. We look to Jesus by faith when we trust His Word. So beware of distractions. And now, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. January 22nd, Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 36. As soon as Jesus heard the news, He went off by Himself in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where He was headed and followed him by land from many villages. A vast crowd was there as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and it is getting late. Send the crowds away, so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus replied, That isn't necessary. You feed them. Impossible, they exclaimed. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and asked God's blessings on the food, breaking the loaves into pieces. He gave some of the bread and fish to each disciple, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and they picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About five thousand men had eaten from those five loaves, in addition to all the women and children. Immediately after this, Jesus made his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Afterward, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning Jesus came to them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right, he said. I am here. Don't be afraid. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, Tell me to come to you by walking on water. All right, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and began to sink. 
Save me, Lord, he shouted. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. You don't have much faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. The news of their arrival spread quickly throughout the whole surrounding area, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. The sick begged him to let them touch even the fringe of his robe, and all who touched it were healed. First John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7, says this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected in us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he's not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. First John. The word love is used 46 times in that book. 27 of them are in the passage we just read. There's one basic message tonight from John, and it's this. You are loved. And if you are in Christ, that means the most beautiful, powerful, majestic being in existence cherishes knows your name. But my guess is I say that, and most of us in this room, if not all of us, would say, I know. Like if I said, hey, did you know God loves you? You would go, yeah, I know. You'd get that right on a quiz. And yet John says, so we have come to know and believe 
the love God has for us. And then John gives us two attributes that characterize those who know and believe that they're loved by God. The first characteristic of those who know that they're loved by God is they are marked by a fearlessness. They're fearless. He says it in verse 18. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We know that we know we're loved if our lives are characterized by a fearlessness. We aren't worried. We don't fret. We're meant to have a wonderful confidence about us. And not only that, not only are we fearless, we're also free to love others which is in a lot of places, but I'll just read verse seven. He says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Notice he gives a command, love one another. And then he goes on, but he doesn't give an implication if you don't. He doesn't say love one another or else you're not gonna go to heaven. He doesn't say love one another or else God is really gonna get mad. He doesn't point downstream. He says, love one another. Why, John? Because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born from God. He points upstream. He doesn't say love one another or else you won't get X. He says love one another. Why? Because love is from God. And if you know God and are loved by God, the most natural thing to do is love. It's the most natural way to live life. Beloved, love is the most natural thing. Love embraced becomes love extended. That's the rhythm. Love can't sit still. You know love is there because love moves towards the beloved. That's what love does. It's inherent in its nature. It initiates. Love sends. And there's something else it does. Love sacrifices. It sacrifices. It will give of itself for the sake of the beloved. And love stays. Love stays. Love wants the presence of the beloved. And so it will stay even when the staying is hard. And for so many of us, God's love is there. You don't question it. Don't question it. He has declared it to you. You fight for it. And I promise you, as you peer into this, you will see it. He has come for me. He has sacrificed for me. He is staying with me all the way until he takes me home. I will grip onto this truth. I will grip onto him. I'll make war with any thought that says otherwise. And I will cling to my savior and celebrate him until the day I ride with him into the glorious sunrise because that's the promise he's given me. And you cling to the sun because he's declaring something tonight. He loves you. He loves you. Psalm 18, verses 37 through 50. We'll read about God's gentleness. God did many things to make David a great soldier, but his gentleness made David what he was. God was doing more than winning wars. He was building character. It humbled David to think that God would condescend to call him, equip him, and help him. We'll read about God's exaltedness. David did not take credit for his victories. No, he gave all the glory to the Lord. Whatever David had, God gave it to him. Whatever he was, God made him. Whatever he did, God enabled him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalm 18, verses 37 through 50. 
I chased my enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they could not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You made them turn and run. I have destroyed all who hated me. They called for help, but no one came to rescue them. They cried to the Lord, but He refused to answer them. I ground them as fine as dust carried by the wind. I swept them into the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You appointed me as the ruler over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they submit. Foreigners cringe before me. They all lose their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. May the God of my salvation be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He subdues the nations under me and rescues me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing joyfully to your name. You give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David and all his descendants forever. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. If you live a life guided by wisdom, you won't limp or stumble as you run. Carry out my instructions. Don't forsake them. Guard them, for they will lead you to a fulfilled life.